I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. Good evening. This is Grandpa Edward Jeffrey Hill, and tonight I'm going to tell you a bedtime story which illustrates the maxim or metaphor, when life gives you lemons, then make lemonade. Do you know what a maxim is? It's okay if you don't. I didn't know what a maxim was until I was 15 years old. So I'll tell you what a maxim is so you can be smart. Once you know what a maxim is, I hope you will tell your parents, so they will be smart too. According to the dictionary, a maxim is a short, pithy statement expressing a general truth about what you should do. Do you know what pithy means? It is something that is short and straightforward. So the saying When life gives you lemons, then make lemonade is a maxim because it is short and telling you a truth about what you should do. Basically, what this maxim means is when you don't like what is happening in your life, just make the best of it. Or in other words, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. I think you've heard that before. When life gives you lemons, then make lemonade, can also be thought of as a metaphor. Do you know what a metaphor is? A metaphor is a statement that represents something else. It is not literal. It's only symbolic. In the statement, when life gives you lemons, then make lemonade, it is not literally talking about real yellow lemons that grow on trees, nor is it talking about sweet lemonade that you actually drink. It is talking about when life is difficult, you try to make something good out of it. It is a metaphor. Life being difficult is like sour lemons. Making something good of it is like making sweet lemonade out of sour lemons. Or in other words, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. That's what tonight's story is all about. It is about when bad things happen in your life, then you make the best of it and find good things. Another maxim slash metaphor about this would be, in every rain cloud, there is a silver lining. Uh Uh-oh, I can hear Grandma from the other room saying, Enough with this literature lesson. Get on with the story. Your grandkids want a bedtime story not to be at school again. Okay, Grandma, I'll get on with the story. This story happened in 1997 when I was serving as the bishop of the Logan 10th Ward in Logan, Utah. At this time, I lived with Grandma Juanita Ray Hill and with our seven children, Sarah, Jeffrey, Aaron, Abby, Hannah, Emily, and Amanda. We lived in a very eclectic home at 1065 North 400 East. Do you know what eclectic means? It means something very diverse, representing a variety of styles. Our home in Logan was eclectic 
because it had been remodeled at least five times. It had three motorhome garages, a swing that was 30 feet high, a long zip line, stairs in the basement that led nowhere but the ceiling, a quarter-acre garden watered with irrigation, a full-acre horse pasture complete with our neighbor's horses, a stream in the back of the lot, and many other eclectic features. Many thought our house was weird, but I preferred to call it eclectic. It was a wonderful home for all seven of our inquisitive children. They could explore and explore and explore. That helped all of our children become really smart. Utah State University once sent researchers to our home to evaluate how good of a learning environment we had for our children. They concluded that we had a very dangerous home, but as long as the children survived, they would be very smart. This story happened about one month before Seth was born. As you might know, it takes nine months for a baby to grow inside the mother's uterus before it was born. So at this time, Juanita was eight months pregnant. Here we go. When I was bishop of the Logan Tenth Ward, I really wanted our young men and young women to strengthen their testimonies of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I decided to take them in our big 15-passenger white van down to BYU in Provo, Utah to Education Week from Tuesday through Friday in mid-August 1997. Juanita asked me, Are you sure you want to do that? I wondered why she wondered if I should do that. Of course I should. I thought it was a good idea. But now looking back on it, I know why she said what she said. She was more than eight months pregnant, and she wondered what would happen if she went into labor and I wasn't there. And if she went into labor, she wondered how she could even contact me because this was before smartphones and even before we had a cell phone. Not only did I not have a smartphone, but I wasn't very smart then. I didn't think of it. And Juanita didn't just tell me straight out that it was dumb to go three hours away with a wife who was eight months pregnant. Sometimes it's better to just say things instead of hinting around at things. So in response to her question, are you sure you want to do that? I just said, yes, I am sure it's a really good idea for these young men and young women. So late on a Monday afternoon, 11 young people and I headed to Genola, Utah. We arrived at about 9 p.m. at the home of Melvin and Sonia Ray. They were Juanita's brother and sister-in-law and very nice to us. They lived in a large home that had a very large basement bomb shelter. It had 18-inch concrete walls all around it so you could be safe in case of any disaster. They said they were very happy to have us, and they treated us like royalty. We felt like we were kings and queens, princes and princesses. They had dinner for us when we arrived, and they made hot breakfast for us every morning. They had stuff for us to make sandwiches to eat while we were at Education Week. They even had a big pot of something for dinner every night. They were so good to us. I have always loved Melvin and Sonia, and I hope you can be hospitable like they were to us. We would get up every morning at 7 o'clock, eat breakfast, and be at BYU for Education Week all day. 
Do you know what Education Week is? It is when lots of BYU professors and others give classes on everything imaginable. There were some classes on practical things, on spiritual things, and there were lots of fun classes for young people. And in almost every class, it helped you strengthen your testimony of Jesus Christ. That's why I had wanted to go. I felt so good that I had sacrificed a week of my time to bless these wonderful young people. The young people of the ward absolutely loved Education Week. And they liked hanging out together and learning so many things together and learning that they had so many friends. After a week, though, we were all exhausted. We headed back to Logan after the very last class, after 9 p.m. on Friday. Almost immediately, everyone in the van fell sound asleep. Well, not exactly everyone. I was driving, and I had to stay awake. We arrived in Logan at about midnight. I was so, so, so tired. I stopped in the driveway at the home of one of our young men. I wanted him to get out quickly so I could head home. But this young man was missing one of his shoes. He had big feet and his shoe size was 14, so I'm sure we could find that shoe. It wouldn't just be hiding. Everyone looked and looked, but no one could find it. I started to get impatient, and that's not a good thing for me. Without remembering that the van was running and in gear... I looked behind me to see if I could see his shoe. Without thinking, being so tired, I took my foot off the brake, and in just a second, there was a loud crash of glass breaking everywhere. What happened? When I took my foot off the brake, even though I didn't put my foot on the gas, the van started inching forward very slowly, I didn't even notice it. But when that 15-passenger van with 12 people in it hit the garage door, it made an impact that buckled the door and shattered all the glass in that very fancy garage door. Oh, I was so sad. And this young man's mother, I knew because I was bishop, had recently separated from her husband. And when she heard the loud crash, she thought that maybe her husband had come back to cause some mischief. But no, it wasn't him. It was just her tired bishop who had crashed into her beautiful garage door and broken all of the glass and wrecked the door. I felt so bad. I told the mother I would call my insurance first thing in the morning and get this fixed just as soon as possible. And then, miraculously, her son found his shoe. Even though I was so tired, I had a hard time falling asleep that night. I kept thinking how dumb I was to step off the brake with the van running. I kept thinking how dumb I was to let the van crash into that garage door. Do you ever do that? When you do something that wasn't really a good thing, you think how dumb you are? Well, I did something that I would recommend to you if you were ever in that situation. 
After a long time, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And then I felt this loving feeling. It was almost like there was a little voice in my head saying, Don't beat yourself up, Jeff. You just did a really great thing, taking all of those kids to BYU for a week. And it was just a mistake. Anybody makes mistakes. Just go to sleep. Things will be better in the morning. And I did. I fell peacefully asleep. And things were better in the morning. Things are almost always better after getting some sleep. In the morning, I called the insurance company, and when I told them what had happened, the person on the phone just laughed. That made me a little sad. But she said that someone would go out there that very day, and they would get an estimate and take care of fixing that garage door. And they did. But there's a little more to the story. A couple of months later at church on Fast Sunday, the mother of the young man whose garage door I destroyed stood up and walked to the pulpit to bear her testimony. As bishop, I was sitting on the stand at the front of the congregation, and I wondered what she might say. Sometimes people say strange things at Fast and Testimony meeting. She told everyone that she knew that God lived and that he knew her and had helped her when she needed help. She said that because she had been so sad and because of everything going on in her life, she was not going to have much for Christmas. They just didn't have enough money for Christmas presents. And she was sad that her children would be sad. She had prayed about it, that maybe some way her children could have Christmas. And then, in the middle of the night, her bishop, who was me, had run into her garage door. At first, she was so angry and sad about that. It seemed to be the last straw. What else could go wrong for her? Even her bishop was ruining her life. But a few days later, she got a check from the insurance company for $2,500 to replace her fancy garage door that had all that glass in it. And then she had an idea, and she thought it was an inspired idea. Why not get a garage door that wasn't quite so fancy and was less expensive? Then she could have some extra money for Christmas. And that's precisely what she did. She found out she could get a less fancy garage door, one without any glass in it, for just $1,000. How much did that leave her for Christmas? That's right. That left her with an extra $1,500. And with just some of that, her family could have a few nice Christmas presents. She concluded her testimony by saying that she had the best bishop ever who was inspired enough to answer her prayers by crashing into her garage door. I smiled and actually laughed a little bit. I thought that was a wonderful way for her to think about it. Instead of losing her garage door, she gained a nice Christmas. Life had given her lemons when I crashed into her garage door, but she had made lemonade by making a nice Christmas for her children with part of the insurance settlement. In that way, she had seen the silver lining in the rain clouds. After fast and testimony meeting, when I was walking in the hall towards the restrooms, it seemed like always after sacrament meeting, I needed to go to the bathroom. 
Well, on the way to the restroom, several ward members came up to me and asked if I would please crash into their garages. They needed a little extra cash. I told them all, no, crashing into one garage door is enough. However, I do have another story of another garage door that I caused to be splintered because of an accident. I'll tell you that in a future bedtime story. Well, that's the end of our bedtime story tonight. I hope you'll remember a few things. I hope that when life doesn't go as planned for you, that you don't get frustrated, but you make the best of it. And when life gives you lemons, then I hope you will make lemonade. And in the storms of life, when everything is gloomy, I hope you can find the silver lining. And please, please remember, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Well, sweet dreams, chocolate creams, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. I love you. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.